a five, a six, a five, six, seven, eight. Da na 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 So no one told you life was gonna be this lame. That's not the that's not the lyric. Also, life isn't lame. Life is grand. Ah la 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 life <laughs> is wonderful. Sir Jason Mraz, my favorite Canadian poet. Mr. A to Z. Oh, you you're familiar with his work. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Talk Fantasy Football. I'm your host, J.R. Lett, here with my co-host, T.J. Lett. We are separated now, but we were lucky enough to spend the weekend and a few days beyond that together. I feel personally rejuvenated from being back with my bro in person, geographically no longer separated for a short moment of time. Tommy, it's good to be talking to you again virtually. Uh, you excited to talk some football today, or you want to just catch up since you miss me? I'm very excited to talk about football today. I'm also, I was thinking we could do like 10 to 15 minutes of catching up. You tell me okay. how your day, first day without me was. I tell you how my first day without you was. Yeah. And yeah. then sort of go from there. Maybe if it sort of filters, or not filters, but trickles off into, you know, 35 to 40 minutes or of just us yeah, talking. Yeah, I was, I was thinking we could keep it to under 45 minutes, and um, we'll just make sure to let uh, Justin know not to edit it out, and I think we can trust him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that we can we can trust him to do that. Absolutely. No, but uh, this trip was was really fun, and I'm glad I got to see you. And now I'm even more glad to be talking some fantasy I know, football. We got with to talk you. a little bit in person, and we got to watch the matchups this week, which were some meaty ones. Watched a good day of football on Sunday, and uh, it was a wild day in the league. So let's not stall any longer. Without further ado, let's talk fantasy football. The first matchup we will talk about today is going to be, as per usual, Kyle's matchup, since he is still sitting in first place. Kyle takes down Justin with a score of 10,384 to 10,004. Another just terrific win for Kyle. I just want to start off by saying that, you know, well-deserved, high-scoring, you can tell his team is really good, certainly worth... The eight and two record that he currently posts sitting in first place. I really have to disagree with you, honestly. Really, I, I don't think he's earned it. I mean, it's another ten thousand point week. You know, ten thousand something point week victory for Kyle, who has just had way too many of those at this point. And uh, you know, Justin only putting up ten thousand, so he's he deserves the loss. But but Kyle also deserved a loss, and it's tough to see him get another W. Now he's pretty much locked up first place at this point, um, and you know he's looking like he's looking like he'll be sitting pretty, seeding wise for the playoffs. But in terms of the quality of his team, let's get into that because it's not looking like an eight and two team. Uh, you see Tyrod Taylor show up with a solid three ninety four this week, just an abysmal quarterback performance. T Y Hilton showing up with three thirty, uh, only two receptions. And Terrence Williams on the Cowboys uh, getting 140. You know, I can go on and on. There were a lot of problems with Kyle's team this week. What did you What did you take away from it? I didn't really take away much from this, honestly, with Kyle's team. Kyle's team is the same as it's been basically the whole year. There's a lot of holes to it. He consistently is able to get big performances from a couple of his guys. This week it was Robert Woods with 33-10 and Greg Zerline with 2,000. Now, Greg Zerline's actually been fantastic all year long, but... Far and away the number one kicker. Yeah, absolutely. But outside of those two guys, and you know, decent performance from Carlos Hyde. He had a great play in Rex Burkhead with 1380. Now, he sat DeMarco Murray, who got 27-20, to play Rex Burkhead, so I don't know if that does constitute a good play. But he did know he did think that Rex Burkhead was going to be involved in that game, and he was, and he had a decent game. But yeah, again, Kyle just putting up a mediocre week, and he's 8-2, and two, and he doesn't really have a reliable quarterback. Now, Tyrod Taylor did have three good weeks in a row. We'll see if he can bounce back next week against the Chargers, but... I'm not so sure that Tyrod is the plan for Kyle in the playoffs. Maybe he is. 
And then he plays Terrence Williams, who puts up 140, and, you know, he's still searching for wide receivers that he can play consistently and, and feel confident that they will put up some sort of decent performance, and he just still doesn't have that. Yeah, I mean, Will Fuller on his bench with only 250 this week, you know, he got injured, but outside of that, he's just not going to be viable rest of season with Tom Savage at quarterback. And then Jeremy Macklin coming back from a bye next week. I think, you know, Jeremy Macklin could potentially be a viable option for Kyle rest of season. The the Ravens have a pretty favorable stretch of games. Uh, you, you see their, their first two or their, their semifinal matchup and the final matchup, weeks 15 and 16, they're playing Cleveland and Indianapolis, which are pretty solid matchups for Jeremy Macklin. So, you know, maybe that's something for Kyle rest of season. But like you said, a lot of holes. But you see the same thing over on Justin's side of the ball. This week, he uh, some big holes in Justin's team, I think, were exposed this week. He had Jermaine Curse with only 550 points, Jordy Nelson with only 350 points, Danny Amendola with only 560 points, and only a solid wide receiver performance from Emmanuel Sanders with 1670. I think Justin's team has some big holes at the wide receiver position that I don't see a solution for currently. What do you see on Justin's team that is a point for concern? And then what do you see as the strengths? Yeah, for Justin's team, as you mentioned, there are some holes, at least for this week, there definitely looks like there are some holes we talked about Jordy Nelson and how valuable he is without Aaron Rodgers. Again, he puts up a not good week at all. Just a down week for Derek McKinnon. I, I'm not really worried about him. Kind of a down week for Lamar Miller. I mean, those are both guys that he's going to start next week with, with confidence. Rob Gronkowski doesn't have a big game. Denver's usually pretty good against tight ends, so not a huge surprise. He puts up 940. I think it's just a down week for Justin's team. The wide receiver position obviously is the thing you look at where you could say, okay, he's potentially going to struggle there in these, you know, in the next few weeks or in the playoffs. But I have no problem with Justin's team. Tevin Coleman, he had on his bench, putting up 15-30. Devontae Freeman went out with a concussion after one of the first few plays. Tevin Coleman could be a very good play next week and potentially the week after. Devontae Freeman could miss up to two weeks. So that's an, an excellent option for Justin in these next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, he puts up 10,000, which isn't terrible. Obviously, it's nothing to nothing to write home about, for sure. Not a great week, but yeah, it's just a down week for Justin. Outside of his the holes in his wide receiver, which there are wide receivers in free agency that you can plug and play every week and get a decent score with. I think he's all right. He sits at 6-4 and four despite the loss. Fortunately, Justin did not need the win this week. He's still in third place. Really, all he needs to do is win one of his next three games, and he's going to be fine. As you mentioned, Kyle has statistically already locked up a playoff spot. There is no way he, even if he were to lose out, he would sit at 8-5, and five, and that would definitely still get him in. So Kyle's in. Like I said, Justin at 6-4 and four is still looking very good despite the loss and the less than uh, optimal week. So I don't have too many concerns for Justin's team. If he can find another wide receiver come playoff time that is reliable for those three weeks, Justin's definitely got potential with, with Dak Prescott at the helm to put up some big points in the playoffs. So as long it's all just it's all about getting there. And right now, Justin is looking very, very good to get in the playoffs. So... Anything else you want to touch on for either of these teams? No, sir. It's all about getting there. On to the next matchup. Absolutely. Well, funny you should say on to the next matchup, because the next matchup is you versus Greg. You win with a score of 13,410 to Greg's 9,424. You move up to 6-4. and four. You are now in second place, and Greg drops to 3-7, and seven, still in 12th place. I'll start with your team, since you really shouldn't talk about your own team too much. We don't want any biases going on. You put up another fantastic week, and I mean, your team's looking mighty good, dude. Matt Ryan doesn't really have a great game, 1560, that's all right. 
Your other newly acquired player in Stefan Diggs puts up 1580. Michael Thomas puts up 1620 as well. You played <laughs> you played Gabriel even though you didn't want to. You were looking for anyone else to play and kind of just settled with him. He actually puts up 880, which is more than you could have expected. And Mark Ingram leads the way with 3110. Now, Mark Ingram since they let go of Adrian Peterson or rather traded Adrian Peterson Mark Ingram has been the number one fantasy scoring running back in standard leagues. I don't know if you were aware of that, but he has been downright fantastic. I was aware of that, and if I'm not mistaken, Alvin Kamara is number two. Which is just insane. It's insane. It's 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 insane. The, the, the New Orleans Saints offense right now is insane. That's the only way to describe it. Yeah, they really are. And despite Aaron Jones going down with an injury for you, he only put up 170 and left in the first half. You still have a fantastic week. Will Lutz contributes with 1,400. Tennessee defense had a solid game with 1050. And Vernon Davis puts up 1110 for you. So you have to be feeling fantastic about your prospects moving forward. There's three games left until... The playoffs, you're going to have Zach Ertz coming off of a bye. You're going to have Chris Hogan hopefully coming back off of an injury. You're going to have Amari Cooper coming back off of a bye. You have nothing to worry about in the present time. Like I said, with Justin, you just need to get one more win out of the next three to, you know, statistically set yourself for the play, make yourself set for the playoffs. So you've got nothing to worry about. Your team looks great. Anything you want to say about your team specifically? No, I mean, uh, I, I'm definitely feeling good about it right now. Um, I will say, you know, Alfred Morris on my bench, only getting 530 this week, but that's I'm optimistic about that situation because, A, the Cowboys were just straight up dominated in that game because their left their starting left tackle was out, yeah. and their replacement left tackle gave up a record-breaking six sacks, record-breaking in the sense that the Falcons defender was the first Falcon to ever get six sacks in a game. And one of only four people, I believe, to get six sacks in a game. You are correct. In the NFL history. So that was game script with just their offense being depleted. But Alfred Morris, was he got 11 carries, 11 attempts, uh, 53 yards. So he, he ran well. He had a good yards per carry, and he was definitely the most utilized back. So I'm hoping that he'll be a consistent running back option for me. And, uh, you know, I'm just interested to see how that Cowboys backfield turns out with Darren McFadden and also Rod Smith there uh, to be utilized as weapons. I'm interested to see how those running backs and Zeke's suspension affect uh, Dak's performance as well, going back to Justin's team. So it should be interesting. Uh, but moving over to Greg's side of the ball, he had a huge week from Kirk Cousins with 28-58. Kirk surprised me with uh, you know putting up 30 points against a pretty darn good Minnesota defense. He had 327 passing yards. Uh, two rushing touchdowns was really the big thing, and the, and a passing touchdown. So Kirk had himself a day. Ted Ginn Jr. with only 156 points, Tyler Lockett with only 510 points, and Martavis Bryant with only 680 points. So that right there would tell you enough about Greg's team, just a total lack of solid performance from any of his wide receivers. But he also struggled at running back with Jordan Howard only getting 540 and his defense only getting 500 with the Giants giving the 49ers their first win of the season so a lot of issues um but what did you see as what what did you take away from Greg's team this week it's it's difficult to to score 9400 when you get almost 3000 from one of your players Greg's team again does not put up a lot of points as you mentioned fantastic performance from Kirk Cousins outside of that there's not a whole lot you can point to solid game from Abdul with 1200 he's actually been very solid for the Lions, and the Lions have looked very good. They had a little bit of a scare with Cleveland, but they were able to pull that out in the end. Joe Mixon, another solid performance with 1050. And Matt Prater's been solid for Greg with 1,000 points this week. And the rest of the guys, you kind of already covered it. It's it's not a great performance from everyone else. Obviously, if you score so little with Kirk Cousins scoring that much, it's not going to be a great day for the rest of your guys. Unfortunately for Greg... Dropping to three and seven, he's not going to be making the playoffs. He would have to win his last three games and probably average like, I don't know, seventeen thousand a week to <laughs> have a shot at making the playoffs. So 
it's really not looking good for Greg right now. It kind of seemed like, you know, last week he got that last-second victory against Scott. It sort of held off the end of his season. Now at 3-7, and seven, I really think it's it's safe to write him off with being in last place, having seven losses already. It's really just not going to happen for Greg this year. So, Greg, if you're listening, still keep keep plugging those guys in, keep keep moving along because you don't you don't want to end up in 12th place. I'm I'm giving you a run for your money here it looks like. So if you can rattle off a few wins, you could get out of 12th place and then you would have that little moral victory for yourself. So it's true and I'm glad you bring that up cuz even as teams, you know, sort of get knocked out of the playoffs week by week as the season comes to a close, it is absolutely a thing in fantasy football that last place that's that's the one place you don't want to be. I mean, I know how that's how that's how last place always is in in all competitions, but in fantasy football, it's basically you either make the playoffs, you don't make the playoffs, or you come in last. You know what I mean? It's fine to not make the playoffs, but 12th place, there's a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride on the line. So keep plugging away even if you're not going to make the playoffs, you know, fight for your pride, fight for yourself. I love that you brought that up, Tommy. I think that's a that's a great point. Thank you. Anything else you want to talk about with this matchup? No. On to the next matchup. The next matchup I want to talk about is Brian versus Scott. Brian takes down Scott with a score of 13,490 to Scott's 11,244. Brian moves up to 6-4. and four. He is now in fourth place. Scott drops his fifth in a row, moving to 4-6. and six. He's now in eighth place, clinging on to the last playoff spot currently. Oh, that is hysterical. That is too funny. Scott's team is the epitome of just why fantasy football at its core will forever suck and be absolutely maddening. Because there's only so much you can do. And Scott has just had a really long string of bad luck with his matchups. He's the number one highest scoring team this year. And he's in eighth place. With a losing record. Dude just cannot catch a break this year. Got to feel for him. But lucky for him, Scott's team is still absolutely looking like one of the best teams in the league. I I still have a lot of faith in Scott's team. Doug Baldwin with 1,200 this week. Brandon Cooks with 1,040. Le'Veon Bell with 1,370. Austin the Poop Man Hooper with 1,390. And uh, Blair Walsh and Green Bay putting up solid performances as well. So, Scott's still got a, a solid roster from top to bottom. He's just got a few areas right now where he's going to need some support moving forward. But luckily, he'll have Ty- Tyreek Hill coming off a bye, Javorius Allen coming off a bye, who has been actually getting a relatively consistent amount of work. Seven carries, 17 carries um, the last two weeks. You know, that, that Baltimore backfield is a little bit of a mess, but I think Buck Allen might be able to be an option for him. And Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, you know, I don't know what Scott's going to do at quarterback. So that's sort of where his holes sort of start to show up. You also have John Brown with only 370. And I don't know. It's it, Scott's team is, I, I look at it and I see a lot of stars and a lot of potential, but it, there's there's still that lack of depth there that, that worries me. Uh, you know, I don't know if his team can sustain injuries or anything like that. What do you think about Scott's team? Are you Are you overreacting to this week? Are you overreacting to his record or do you think he's still looking like a championship contender currently scott's team certainly could not take any more injuries he traded away two of his wide receivers for one of yours so he loses that extra cushion i'm not overreacting to this loss for scott it's obviously it sucks i mean he can still he still has a team that can contend for a championship it was looking so much better with Deshaun Watson. Now with Ben Roethlisberger, that's such a huge difference. And I don't know if you can win a championship with the, with the current Ben Roethlisberger. You certainly can't. He doesn't have a great playoff schedule. Baltimore at home and then New England at home. But New England's defense has been better and Bill Belichick loves to fuck on the Steelers. So, I, yeah, I don't know what he does at quarterback. Scott still has a good team. It's not talent that's the issue. It's just really luck. Scott lost with almost a thousand more points than than Kyle had, and Kyle won again. So 
it's just been it's going to be it's going to be absolutely crazy if Scott misses out on the playoffs and obviously you still have faith in his team because of what they were able to put up so consistently over like the first 7 weeks or whatever it was but he is going up against Dan this week which we will get into later but that's potentially one of the matchups of the year and if he loses next week he's going to be in serious trouble now if he wins next week it's crazy how different the situation for him is between a win and a loss this coming week. So Scott's season might depend on next week. So we'll touch on that in a little a little later. But he's like you mentioned, he's still got a good team. He still has a very solid team that can put up points. Hopefully his luck will just turn around and he'll be able to get into the playoffs because he certainly deserves it. Now if we move on to Brian's team, his team just keeps getting it done. I mean, this is becoming kind of crazy to me. Not only is... With the injuries he has sustained, putting up victories, but he's putting up a lot of points. I mean, 13,490, and he got big performances. He streams Jared Goff, who puts up 2,650. That's back-to-back monster weeks for Jared Goff. Devin Funches puts up 2,370, 92 yards and two touchdowns. Another massive performance. DeAndre Hopkins, another solid performance. He gets another 14 targets, 7 catches, 111 yards, puts up 1460. And then Orleans Darkwa and Isaiah Crowell both have great games. Darkwa puts up 1180 and Crowell puts up 1600. Crowell has actually been kind of awesome for Brian since he picked him up, which of course he has been because it seems like anytime Brian picks someone up, it is the correct move and that person ends up going off. He, uh, he seems to be very smart with those kinds of things. He's got Gaskowski as his kicker, who is always solid. New England always puts up points, so you're not worried about him there. And perhaps he, he's found something with Julius Thomas, who obviously doesn't have a great game, but he puts up 780 with the touchdown that he scored. He got 1740 the week before that. That's been one of Brian's biggest holes on his team would be the tight end position. He has not been able to find a tight end that he can count on there, but... Yeah, I'm I'm very impressed with Brian's team. At, at six and four, he is in kind of the same position as you, a little bit less positive of a situation just because you have scored so many more points overall than Brian has. So he doesn't have that points tiebreaker like you do. But one win out of the next three for Brian, and that'll almost certainly guarantee himself a playoff spot as well. So you, Brian, and Justin are all at six and four, and you're all looking very good to make the playoffs. What do you see from Brian's team here? I mean, I think you ran through a lot of it. So expert, expert advice from Tommy. I'd listen to everything that he just said. If I were Brian in terms of the bright spots and the areas where he needs to improve, I definitely see a big hole at tight end position, but that's been consistent for Brian and he's been able to overcome it. Maybe something that Brian should consider trying to make a trade for, um, looking at teams who, you know, have a few tight ends and, Oh, Oh, I guess Vernon Davis is on the trading block, Brian. If you're uh, if you're interested, uh, but <laughs> you have my number. Um, but no, I I jest, I di- I digress, as they say. Kenyon Drake with sixteen twenty on Brian's bench, he looks good, and Miami needs to run the ball. I mean, they'll they'll probably be losing a lot, so Damian Williams is getting a lot of the pass catching work, so that could hurt Kenyon Drake a little bit. But I think Kenyon Drake could definitely be an option for Brian rest of season. That could really help support his depth and flex spot. And if he can find a consistent tight end, and I mean, geez, Cam Newton with 35.66 on his bench. Jared Goff, as you mentioned, having a solid week with 26.50. Those are two quarterbacks that he might be able to just switch off back and forth, moving forward rest of season into the playoffs. So I don't know. I, I like Brian's team, and I think he's just got a few areas where he can make improvements and he's looking like definitely a a semifinal championship contender. Yeah. Well said. He's, he's definitely done a good job with keeping a a solid team together. And Cam Newton looked good in that Monday night football game. Yeah. I did not get to see much of it because of my flight home, but 35, 66, that's nothing to sneeze at. He's been, uh, he's been very good in a, a good number of games. So we'll see what he looks like coming off their bye in week 12 you know maybe the Panthers will start to make their playoff push maybe he can get going and lead Brian to a championship but yeah it's like I said it's looking good for Brian so kudos to him for 
for doing so well despite two major injuries to his team. Anything else you want to touch on before we move to the next matchup? Onward and upward. All right, so the next matchup we'll talk about is Lou versus Tommy. Lou absolutely annihilates Tommy with a score of 15,648 to Tommy's abysmal 8,766. It was the biggest margin of victory, biggest blowout for this week, with the difference between the two teams being 6,882 points. Dad, or Lou to most of you, breaks his losing streak and moves up to 5-5. Five and five. He sits in fifth place. Tommy loses again, dropping to 4-6. and sixth. He is now plummeted to 11th place. I have plummeted to 11th place. And I'll just start by talking about Dad's team who... Let me let me let me cut in here because you know I just you're right you've plummeted downward but it's been a heck of a lot of bad luck so I just want to take a second to just look at your team here and and talk to the people about the issues that you've been having Mariota with a solid performance 1866 but Devonte Freeman only had 30 points and that was just pure he got injured very early in the game and wasn't able. To continue so you got shafted there marlon mack only with 360 but that's not someone that you're you need as a consistent running back option you were only playing him because kareem hunt was on a bye who's been consistently disappoint, disappointing as of late solely because andy reed refuses to play him and is mis coaching mismanaging misdirecting however you want to put it the kansas city offense you had crabtree on a bye this week Jordan Reed, also on your bench, who's been struggling with injuries. And Cameron Brait, only with 150 this week, who has been relatively disappointing as a tight end option for you. You know, you've been plugging him in when Jordan Reed can't play, and Brait's been inconsistent. He has, he's had some 1,600, 1,530, 1,660-point weeks this season, but he hasn't broken 1,000 since week six. Definitely has been struggling. You know, I just think you've you've had a lot of good players, good names, consistent options, but they've just been inconsistent. So it's 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 a it's a lot to deal with and I know you've been frustrated. Really quickly, just what do you think what do you think about your team? I know you don't think you're you're going to make the playoffs, but just explain to me what you think the problems your team has been having are. <sighs> I mean, it's kind of the frustrating part for me because I look at my I look at my team and I like it. That's that's what I mean. I look. I they, have. They look like guys you can rely on. They look like consistent guys, but it's they've just all been so up and down. I mean, I think you could legitimately point to my team and say that I have one, two, three, four, five, six players that any given team in the league would want on their roster. And those people being Devontae Parker. Check. Michael Crabtree. Check. Kareem Hunt. Check. Devontae Freeman. Check. Robbie Anderson. Debatable, but check. And uh, kind of a kind of a stretch would be Marquise uh, Lee. Definitely a stretch, but I think You'd be smart too, because rest of season, I think Marquise Lee could be a bit of a beast with Alan Hearns sidelined and Jacksonville having a favorable matchup list. Yeah, I mean, the, my running backs were supposed to be the the thing that led me to the postseason and, and potentially a championship. Cream Hunt, as you mentioned, hasn't been good as of late, and Devontae Freeman is now injured and got injured at the beginning of the game. Cost me a lot of points, potentially. I, I It's just... So the the issue is I haven't been putting up. I, I've been having some pretty bad weeks, these last two specifically. And it's from what it feels like to me, it's more of a, a luck thing than not having a good enough team to put up the points. That's what it feels like for me because, again, this week Mariota could have easily had another 1,000 points. He had two different times where he had touchdowns that were dropped um and it's just it's it's one thing after the other whether it be an injury or a drop touchdown or whatever it is not someone not getting the touches they're supposed to get 
It's just, it, it's, it's not my year. And compiled with the fact that over the last six weeks, uh, I'm teams are almost putting up, well, they're putting up 12,900 points a week against me over the last six weeks. So I've been getting scored a, a lot against, and I haven't been putting up the points necessary to win. And so here I am, four and six. I'm on the outside looking in after these two abysmal performances the last two weeks. I don't have tiebreakers over anyone that I'm fighting for a playoff spot with. So it's just really not looking good for me. And I'm going to have to probably win my last three games. And the only issue with that is I play Scott next week and you in week 13. So I got to go up against the two highest scoring teams. And my team has yet to be able to put up more than 12,000 since the first few weeks. So I just don't see how it happens for me. Well, hey, I think you've been making the right moves this season. And like we talked about with Scott's team, fantasy is just so much luck. There's only so much you, you can do. Just keep grinding and give yourself the best shot every week and have some fun while you're doing it. So I think you've been doing that. Don't get too down on yourself, uh, especially going up against Dad this week, who you said got 15,648. Just some huge performances from the guys on Dad's team. Dion Lewis with 2,362. Christian McCaffrey with 1,890. Those are two running backs that have been getting points for Dad, but not points like that. Christian McCaffrey with arguably his best game of the season just overall as a football player but also with fantasy and then Deion Lewis with his best game of the season so far I mean that's to say the least he hadn't put up more than he hadn't put up 1200 before the before this week (laughs) and he puts up 2362 yeah I mean largely due to the return touchdown that he had Mm -hmm. but definitely his best game of the year Jarvis Landry and AJ Green with big games 1270 and 2000 respectively a weak point on dad's team was Josh Doxson with only 500, but I got to say Josh Doxson looked good in that game and he was getting the targets. He had four receptions and there were a few plays that could have been touchdowns where Kirk Cousins missed them. And it's just Josh Doxson has established himself as one of, if not the top receiving option for Kirk Cousins in Washington. So I, I don't know. I I look at Dad's wide receivers, and I'm scared. And I look at the performances his running backs had this week, and it's it's scary. Dad's team looks really good, but it, it is another team where I see a lack of depth. What do you think about Dad's depth, and what do you think about his team overall? I think Dad's definitely got a team that could contend for a championship. This is his, this is his first huge week of the year. But on any given week, all of his wide receivers, Jarvis Landry, Adrian Green, Demarius Thomas and Mike Evans, who was on suspension this week, all of them on any given week can put up a big, big game. He had Alex Smith on a bye, who I'm assuming he'll go back to. Alex Smith can put up big, big numbers. And now Christian McCaffrey's been really good these last two games. If that, if that can keep up, Dad's got a really dangerous team because his, that's what his, that's what his weak spot has been. So if McCaffrey can keep this up, and obviously Lewis won't keep this up, but if Lewis can get consistently at around a thousand, which he did, you know, the five weeks before his bye week in week nine, Dad's got a dangerous team. He he really does. He's got a lot of talent and the potential for big weeks like this over these next few weeks. If your dad at five and five, if he can go two and one over the next three games, he's gonna make the playoffs as well. So. No, I like Dad's team. He's got he doesn't really have much depth depth at the running back position, but with what you just mentioned with Josh Doxson, Dad has five wide receivers, so he's definitely got depth there. Uh, it's just the the running back position for sure that's uh, lack of depth for Dad. Alex Collins coming off of a bye, but outside of his week eight against Miami, hasn't scored over a thousand this year, so that he may not be startable, but he would at least be there if Deion Lewis went down with an injury or McCaffrey went down with an injury. But no, I, I think dad's got dad's team definitely has some potential here to not only make the playoffs, but make a run in the playoffs. Couldn't agree more. Let's move on to the next matchup. Let's move on. Next matchup we will talk about is none other than Anna versus Louie. Anna takes down Louie with a score of 11,036 to Louie's 9,000. 
and 500. Anna moves up to 5 and 5, is now in 6th place, and Louis drops to 5 and 5, is now in 7th place. Anna has the slight tiebreaker over Louis with uh, points scored overall on the year. Another solid performance from Anna's team. She doesn't do anything crazy. You know, 11,000 is in a week that guarantees a victory, but she was fortunate enough where that where this was the case this week. And Drew Brees puts up 1396. Now, as we mentioned, the Saints run game has just been out of this world, which as a result has made Drew Brees, which as a result has made Drew Brees not as valuable. He hasn't hit 2000 points over the last 3 weeks. 1396 for Drew Brees is not a not a good game, just to be honest. And it actually got saved uh, by a rushing touchdown. He rushed for a touchdown, and if he hadn't done that, we're looking at a week that's less than a thousand points. So, I mean, what the Saints scored 47 points, and Drew Brees didn't throw a touchdown. So that that tells you how insane the Saints' offense is this year in terms of their running game. Yeah, I would. I would love to know the last time a team put up more than 40 points and the quarterback did not throw for any touchdowns. <laughs> Statman, look that up. On it, boss. Outside of Drew Brees, her wide receiving core does a great job. Golden Tate puts up 1870. Deshaun Jackson with a great game with 12, 11, sorry, 1120. Gets 82 receiving yards off of six catches. Julio Jones, a little disappointing with 870, as has been the story with Julio for most of the year. He's been decent to good, but not good enough for what she drafted him for. But he's got a great floor. And another great game from Todd Gurley, who puts up 1660. He's been so awesome for Anna. The holes you see on her team are running back two and flex. She's still playing C.J. Anderson who actually puts up 600, which isn't awful, but C.J. Anderson now has not really had a good week. Hasn't gotten over 1,000 since before their bye week back in week four. So she's got Theoretic on her bench. He put up 1,220, but it's only his second time getting over 1,000. It's only his second touchdown of the year. I don't know if he is a viable starting option over these next few weeks. I don't know what she does, but... She certainly has a very solid team, and I don't know. I mean, what do you see from her team? Are there things she has to fix? Uh, you know, at 5-5, five and five, she has a very, very good chance, a very decent chance, I should say. She's sitting right there at a, at a good opportunity to make the playoffs. So what, what do you see from her team? I think she's looking really solid at the wide receiver position, and I think you said it best. Her RB2 is where she's hurting. C.J. Anderson is not looking like a viable fantasy option moving forward rest of season. And I know that's hard to say and admit or even think about, but I just it's it's a it's the running back position in Denver is a three-man job. I mean, CJ Anderson, Jamal Charles, and Devontae Booker are all getting carries I think Anna really needs to consider making a trade to get a running back using the surplus that she has at the wide receiver position with someone like Paul Richardson or Cooper Cup. But that being said, her team is very solid, and even if she were to stay the course, no, I mean, no, I'm, I, I can't. I can't say that. She needs to get another running back. I don't see any running back on her roster that is a viable RB2 option rest of the season. I think that's a fair take. Uh, it's definitely something she should look into. Obviously, uh, the waivers are another option. I'm not going to go into who would be out there, but there's always someone on the waiver wire that you can snag that that has a good week. So she could she could you know she could do it either of those two ways. But I definitely think you ha- you're onto something where she could definitely look to to make a trade for with one of those wide receivers, get a nice nice solid running back too for herself. So, but yeah, like I mentioned. At 5-5, five and five, she's got a good shot to make the playoffs, so uh, definitely wishing her good luck. Uh, moving on to Louie's team, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. People know how I feel about Louie's team. He has a down week. What do you see on his side? Definitely a down week, but yeah, you still got to like Louie's team. 
Russ Wilson with 1942. He's just been a beast. Enough said about him. Just been awesome. Mosinu with only 440, and Antonio Brown with only 648, and then Keenan Allen with only 740. That's where that's where Louis really needs to be getting more points because the wide receivers are, you know, the stars of his team. Antonio Brown has to be tripling that. Keenan Allen has to be breaking a thousand. And Mosinu, who's turned into a pretty good wide receiver three option for Louis, needs to do better. At the same time, though, Louis's running backs just completely fell flat this week. Adrian Peterson with 270, Bilal Powell with 210. That's a big concern for Louis. He'll have Marshawn Lynch coming back off a bye next week, which that's a great running back option for Louis. But I think Louis might be in a similar position to Anna with needing a viable, consistent running back two option. Adrian Peterson, I don't know. I know he's the starting running back in Arizona, and I know they're feeding him like crazy, but he just is so inconsistent. I'm not confident starting him week by week. And then Bilal Powell, who has been competing with Matt Forte when he's healthy, but even when he's not, just just not doing that great. He was out-touched by Elijah McGuire this most recent week. So, you know, I think Louis in a similar position as most other people are in fantasy football with really struggling to find depth at the running back position. Corey Davis, though, with 480, not a great week, but he's starting to look like one of the top options in Tennessee, so hopefully he'll be able to get some points for Louis come playoff time. And then he'll have Alshon Jeffrey in Baltimore's defense coming back from by. So still looking positive for Louis's team. Just a few holes, and hopefully he'll be able to find some consistency in those positions. Any thoughts before we move on to the next matchup? Yeah, one thing I wanted to say, which I think you, I think you're overreacting to the Adrian Peterson thing. It was a short week for a guy that's old who was coming off of 37 carries uh, against a, a solid run D in Seattle. Now I know he had a, a bad week against the Rams in Week Seven as well, but he only got 11 carries that game. Adrian Peterson's upcoming matchup is Houston, Jacksonville, Rams, Titans. I don't want that. I want nothing to do with that. Okay. Uh, I mean, I disagree. I think a guy that, I, I mean, is Louie not going to start him if, if they're giving Adrian Peterson 30 touches a game? Right. And that's where you're right. And I'm just playing devil's advocate because, right, you you can't not start Adrian Peterson if he's getting 30. He got 37 <laughs> carries against the Niners. Right. Um, and 21 carries against Seattle, but 21 carries for 29 yards. I mean, I just, all I'm saying is, if you're looking to really make a run, I don't see Adrian Peterson as being somebody that you can rely on. No, and certainly not a guy you can rely on to lead the team to a to a, a championship, but that's what Louis' receivers are for. That's what Louis' receivers, Russell Wilson and Jimmy Graham, are for. All he needs from his running backs is just obviously more than 270 and 210. <laughs> more, more than a combined... 480 yeah, points yeah all all he needs really is like anywhere from 700 to a thousand from his running backs yeah. and he's going to get points elsewhere anything <laughs> more than that and that's when louis really oh has i thought his... you were joking and saying combined i was like I, <laughs> 350 a piece for his running backs is not going to carry louis anywhere no, seven to, seven to a thousand per per running back <laughs> 700 to a thousand per running back but yeah i mean his running back play, uh, to say the least, has been inconsistent. Louis' team as a whole has been inconsistent, for sure. He's had some pretty down weeks as well as some pretty booming weeks, so inconsistency has been an issue for him, but you certainly like a lot of the talent that he's got on his team, and yeah, he's another guy that's, another one that's sitting right there. He's inside, he's got the seventh playoff spot, so again, if he can go two and one, he is in as well, so yeah, looking looking good for both of those teams. All right, so the final matchup we will talk about is going to be Dan versus Drew. Dan takes down Drew with a score of 13,326 to Drew's 11,544. Dan with another big week. He jumps to 4 and 6. He is now in ninth place, just on the outside looking in for the playoffs. And Drew falls to 4 and 6, who sits and he sits in 10th place now. Another solid week from Drew. Uh, he was just going up uh, against a juggernaut uh, that, that Dan's team has been over these last four or five weeks. I'm going to go ahead and start with Dan's team. They have another great week. 
and you mentioned Alvin Kamara as the guy who you thought was, and I think you were right that Ingram's one and Kamara's two for fantasy running backs since Adrian Peterson got traded. Kamara puts up 22-30, 106 rush yards, a rushing touchdown, and 32 receiving yards. The other big performance for the week for Dan was definitely Adam Thielen, who puts up 26-60. Case Keenum loves himself some Adam Thielen, and Case Keenum has been doing a good job. So I love myself some Adam Thielen as well, <laughs> so I agree with Case Keenum. Adam Thielen is a great little wide receiver fella. Uh, that's what he likes to be called, a wide re- little wide receiver fella. Um, he looks good, and Case Keenum is delivering the ball to him and Adam Thielen is taking advantage I mean I I love Adam Thielen moving forward yeah how could you not as long as Case Keenum's starting quarterback you gotta love you gotta love Adam Thielen's chances to perform every week which is why I'm sort of like pissed I have Stefan Diggs because I like Adam Thielen more (laughs) all right uh Larry Fitzgerald puts up 1630 back-to-back good weeks from Larry Fitzgerald this one even better than uh week nine Gets 10 catches for 113 yards. The guy's unstoppable. He is uh, the ageless wonder. Evan Ingram, another touchdown this week. He puts up 12-10. That is four straight weeks for Evan Ingram with a touchdown. Chris Thompson, another solid performance from with 10,028. And his defense and kicker also performed well with 1,100 and 800. So Dan's team, it does, it does look good. And he's been putting up a lot of points, and he's going to have... Carson Wentz coming off of a bye, and he's got Goodwin on his bench, who had a, a very good week uh, after the loss, of, which is just very sad. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Marquise Goodwin and his wife uh, lost their little baby boy uh, due to complications in, uh, pre- their, in her pregnancy. And uh, the very next day, he went out and, and caught a long touchdown and fell to his knees and started sobbing in the end zone. And if you haven't watched the video of the of the touchdown, you should you should give it a watch. It's very emotional and like Tommy said, obviously a very brave decision of Goodwin to go out there and play. Uh, but it was you know one of those crazy sports moments that uh, really gets to your soul. So thoughts and prayers with Marquise Goodwin and his family, but definitely a huge play and indicative of his usage rest of season. Yeah, is there anything, I mean, McCoy doesn't have a very good week, but obviously you're not worried about LaShawn McCoy. It's actually two kind of, I guess you could be worried, you kind of worry about Buffalo at this point, they've had, that's two bad weeks in a row for them, so, and two weeks in a row where their offense hasn't really performed, so hopefully Calvin Benjamin can spark things there, but yeah, I guess not great now uh, for Dan to have two Buffalo Bills offensive players i kind of just realized that for the first time with benjamin being traded but that is not what anyone wants. no it's not what anyone wants but dan's team is looking good it has looked good what do you see what do you like what do you dislike yeah i mean to answer your 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 first half question not i'm not worried about Lashawn mccoy he's had two bad weeks in a row with 250 and 750 but that's just a total offensive thing i think Lashawn mccoy will be fine i think the bills will be the bills uh, but they'll stop, they'll stop sucking so hard. Um, you know, I just, I just think LaShawn McCoy is, is too talented to keep putting up numbers like he has the last two weeks. I'm not convinced in Kelvin Benjamin's, uh, fantasy effectiveness rest of season. I'm just, I got to see a little more on how he fits into Buffalo's offense. Tyrod Taylor has looked bad since he's been a part of their offense, but you know, I don't know. We'll see. I uh, I do like Dan's team, though. I mean, Alvin Kamara, are you kidding me? And Chris Thompson has been solid, and now he's got a consistent tight end option in Evan Ingram with 12-10 this week. And like I mentioned, I think Marquise Goodwin is going to be used a lot more rest of season with Pierre Garçon out for the year and now some tight end injuries as well. He's just, you know, they have to. I know they're not a great team, but they got to throw it sometimes, and Marquise Goodwin can break away for that big play like we saw on Sunday. Rod Smith might actually see some work he scored 490 like i said that dallas backfield is interesting i just i think dan's got some potential we'll see he's still sitting at four and six trying to scrape his way to the playoffs but if he does there's some there's some potential for there to be a long-term run on drew's side you know he scored a respectable 11,544 points this week led by tom brady with 2264 who's been solid this year and sterling Shepard and juju smith schuster who have erupted 
for Drew as great wide receiver options. 1970 for Sterling Shepard, 1920 for Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju had a touchdown in 97 yards, but Sterling Shepard just straight up had 11 receptions and 142 yards. Super great for both those guys. I think Drew can be set there. Running back is where he is. I there's there's no way to put into words the anyone who we've talked about so far in this podcast who has a tough running back situation. They are in the clouds in heaven compared to Drew's running back situation. He is hurting at the RB slot. Rob Kelly just put on the IR out for the rest of the season. Damien Williams. He's the Dolphins pass catching back. Just don't see him as consistent. And Frank Gore, who's been splitting carries with Marlon Mack and also just the Colts offense is so bad. Jay Ajay is his best running back, and I'm not even sold on on him, you know, with such a crowded backfield for the Eagles. I don't know. I mean, am I am I being harsh here? I just I I love Drew's wide receivers and his quarterback, obviously, but Wow, his running backs just, I, I don't see anything. You're being a little harsh, as you always are with Drew's team. It's your, one of your favorite things to do. No, I mean, <laughs> he is... He, I love you, Drew. He, I love you. He is in trouble. Text me more. Maybe I'll be less pissed. <laughs> he is in trouble at the running back position. Now, Frank Gore has not been... I mean, he hasn't been terrible. So, you keep... St- I mean, he's got a bye this week, so that... He won't get to use him this week, but Drew keeps starting Frank Gore. He's been a very solid option. He's obviously not a running back one, but he's solid is a stretch. I see four weeks over a thousand and three weeks with at least 700. So you're looking at, you're looking at 340, 770, 570, 920, 660, 950. I mean, he's a fringe RB2 and he's supposed to be acting as drew's rb1 okay i mean but yes but he's still a startable running back i mean i don't i don't know if if he's a fringe rb2 he's a startable running back i was being polite (laughs) i mean frank gore hasn't been blowing anyone out of the water but six out of the 10 weeks he scored at least 900 that's decent that's decent it's not great it's not even good i want absolutely nothing to do with frank Gore. that's because your running backs are good mm, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> i mean so so what's what's drew supposed to do what's he supposed to do like i like he doesn't have good running backs but frank gore i think it's fair to categorize him as decent yeah i mean sure okay yeah so yeah you look at yeah. you look at his you're, last you're, you're, you look at his last right. nine weeks jack and he's got in six of those nine weeks. He's got at least nine hundred points. You're telling me you don't you don't take nine hundred points from a running back? No. Um, I mean, can you look at the Colts' schedule after their bye? Tennessee, Jacksonville, Buffalo, Denver, Baltimore. No, thank you. I am sitting Frank Gore rest of season. Okay, and and playing who? Anyone else? Okay, so so. <laughs> Damien uh Damian Williams yeah okay um I, I you disagree I, you you play Frank Gore over Damian no, Williams rest of the season let's place a bet on that no I don't know I don't know how we got off on this tangent um it's good though it's good stuff you it, you know how we got off this tangent I was giving critical analysis backed up by data and you were defending Drew okay that's what happened so Drew you know what I'm sick of you and Tommy texting so often, especially in group chats with Louie. And I'm sorry that my fantasy analysis is too <laughs> hard-hitting for Tommy's taste, okay? But I don't care. I'm going to come at you. I'm going to come at your throat, dude, because I'm sick and tired of this. They're my brothers, both of them. <laughs> Tommy's my brother. Louie's my brother, okay? So if you're going to text them, you text me as well because I'm also a Lettenmeyer brother, okay? And I also have good fantasy opinions to give. And good sports opinions, and just an ear to talk to, a shoulder to lean on. So yeah, I mean, I like Jay Ajay. Um, I know you said you weren't. <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure what to say in response to that. So if Justin keeps that in, kudos to him. 
Jai could be good. I still have to see more. You definitely still have to see more, but Jai getting traded to Philadelphia, putting up that performance in his first week, that is something that is encouraging. So if he can be, if he can get at least a thousand for Drew, that would be awesome. And then yeah, he's just got to play matchups with Frank Gore, Damian Williams, and I guess that's it. So, uh, but yeah, running back, one hundred percent the weak spot for Drew's team. He's I like his wide receivers though, rest of the season, uh, as you've mentioned. So and Tom Brady obviously for the rest of the season will be awesome. So at four and six, Drew is in trouble. He needs a win next week, badly, as do uh, a lot of people that are fighting for a playoff spot. So, yeah, it's just it's going to come down to these last three weeks. Everything is so close, but Drew definitely, he's he's not in a good position. But if he can if he can get three wins in these last three weeks, he would almost definitely make the playoffs, uh, and he would even have a I chance mean, winning two out of three at going six and seven. He would still have a chance. Sorry, dude. Not to not to cut you off, but I'm I'm uh, sitting on the edge of my seat here. I'm biting at the bits, as they say. You keep teasing out these uh, these playoff these playoff scenarios and these win loss and important matchups. I think we've we've gone through all the matchups this week. I I got to hear from you. What what do you what do you got for us? What what are the scenarios? What are we looking at this week? What's the playoff picture looking like? So, things are very interesting. Things are <laughs> things are very interesting. It's so close right now. Here's so Kyle is for sure in, right? At 8 and 2. Kyle's definitely 100% statistically, mathematically he's in the playoffs. So that leaves seven other playoff spots. Right? And basically mathematically everyone is still alive, but uh, Greg's basically out of the picture at three and seven, lowest scoring team. It's not going to happen for him. I also don't think it's very promising for me. But at four and six, I'm in eleventh place. I still have a chance. Everyone two through eleven seeds two through eleven, we're all just separated by by two games, uh, with three games left. So really, anything is possible. And what's really fascinating about this upcoming week is so we have four four and six teams. Scott, Dan, Drew, and Tommy. In that order, we are 8 through 11 in the standings, sitting at 4 and 6. Scott and Dan play each other next week. They are both 4 and 6. I I alluded to this earlier. This matchup between Scott and Dan might be the matchup of the year. These are two teams, I think two currently constructed, two of the best teams in the league, both sitting at four and six, loser of this matchup, it will not be looking good for them. They, the loser of this matchup, will potentially miss out on the playoffs, and that is crazy to me. That's it's a travesty. crazy to me that the two of these teams have to go up against each other, and the loser will most likely not make the playoffs. That's really sad to me because I think they both deserve to make the playoffs one hundred percent. Definitely, I think I think those are both playoff worthy teams. And I will be watching that matchup. I'll be biting at the bits to see how it ends up, as they say. Um, I really, I really think both those teams will put up a fight this week. And best of luck to both Dan and Scott. Yeah, definitely. the The winner they they control their own destiny because either of these teams, if they win their last three, they will for sure be in the playoffs. And then it 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 would still be possible, especially for Scott. Now, if Scott drops to four and seven. With his tiebreaker over everyone, with his points scored, if he could rattle off two wins in a row after that, finish six and seven, he would still have a very decent chance of making the playoffs. For Dan, it's uh, this win is a little more important for him because he doesn't have uh, the tiebreaker over the the clear tiebreaker over everyone that he's fighting against. Although he has really skyrocketed in, in total points over the last few weeks. So he does currently hold the edge over people, just not a super comfortable edge like Scott has. The other matchup that... So for me and Drew, we're playing each other, which is unfortunate because we're both four and six. And Drew and I, especially me, do not have tiebreaker for points scored. So if I lose, I, my season is truly over. 
and if Drew loses, his season is almost definitely over. So this is a really a must win for both me and Drew, and <laughs> honestly, the prospects don't look great for either of us, even for the winner. So hey, one week at a time, one, man. One week at a time. But yeah, so you're looking at all four teams at four and six. They're going against each other. So two of us will definitely drop to four and seven. And then it'll most likely be those two teams that uh, get eliminated from playoffs. Although I do like the loser of Scott versus Dan to still make a playoff push. But yeah, and then Anna and Dad are both five and five, and they're playing each other this week. It. <laughs> It's a very important game for the two of them. Uh, whoever can win that matchup would go to six and five, and would be would basically all you would need to do would be to go one and one in the last two games to guarantee a playoff spot for yourself. And even if you lose the last two, you would still have a chance of making the playoffs. So it's this is going to be a really important week for both Anna and Dad. The winner. Uh, it will be looking very good for the winner. The loser will drop to five and six, but they would still, at five and six, potentially control their own destiny. So it's not a must win for Anna and Dad. However, it is a very important matchup, uh, and the winner would certainly put themselves in a tremendous position to make the playoffs. This is exciting, this, man. It's a, it, is, it is. It is. It's a fun time of it year. Is. It really is for everyone, you know, but me and Greg. Um, oh, okay. no, I'm just teasing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I get very excited thinking about this stuff. Uh, even if, uh, even if I don't end up making it. So at six and four, you, Justin and Brian are all six and four. Crazy, crazy, crazy things would need to happen for one of you guys to miss out on the playoffs. Like I mentioned, there is, so there is a scenario where everyone there's, so a seven and six team does not make the playoffs. When I did it, I I was able to end up with seven and six, and if I don't score enough points, I would still be in ninth place if everything worked out. But the odds are not in favor of the lowest seed in the playoffs having six losses. More than likely, the lowest seed will end up with seven losses. But even if, I guess my point is seven wins, which all three of you, you, Brian and Justin, you each just need one win, basically, to guarantee yourself a playoff spot. And if you look at your guys' schedules, uh, you play Brian, you and Brian Brian play each other this week, and then Brian and Justin play each other next week. So two of you, or at least one of you, will for sure get a victory uh, within those two matchups. So it's looking really good for the three of you, and I've kind of just penciled you guys in as clinching playoff spots. So that's really the top four spots that are solidified and counted for. So now basically we're looking at seven teams are fighting for four playoff spots. And those seven teams are Dad, Anna, and Louie, who are all at five and five, and then Scott, Dan, Drew, and Tommy, who are all at four and six. Uh, It's just... It's going to come down to it, and it's going to be a very exciting next three weeks. I think this this season has definitely solidified in my mind and gets me on your side of this debate. Only six teams making the playoffs wouldn't be enough. There's usually eight teams that are worthy of it. So I like our playoff format of just an eight-team branch. Alternatively, I had previously recommended six teams making the playoffs that the top two get a first-round bye and the other four play. That's good to reward the top two teams um, and just make it a little tougher to get in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, you know, you're looking at teams like Scott who are currently in eighth place. It's just, it's tough, you know, and it's it's tough even seeing the ninth place, tenth place teams not make it. So everyone's been putting in great effort this year. We've had good involvement in the league. No one really dropping the ball too hard on not, not playing starters or playing people on by. So it's exciting. I'm excited to see who who scrapes into the playoffs and then uh, who can pull off pull off some 
some playoff runs and get some wins and take home the championship trophy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be it's it's exciting stuff, man. And uh, yeah, I, I I I'm glad that you're saying that you you think six would be too few and that you like it as eight because yeah, I mean if it was only six, you know potentially both Scott and Dan would uh, you know both miss out on the playoffs as well. I mean at, at currently Louis would miss out uh, as well, and I think they all have teams that. Uh, are deserving to be in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I, I I like that it's, you know, you get those two extra spots. All right, well, uh, unless I'm mistaken, that, that does it for us tonight. Tommy, are you good? Yeah, um, I did want to say, because I don't think I mentioned, Louis is playing Kyle. Uh, Louis is sitting at 5-5. Five and five. I did just want to mention his matchup since he's part of that, uh, you know, seven teams trying to get four spots. I like Louis' chances of beating Kyle. Uh, this week, uh, he would still be okay. So if he wins, he goes to six and five. If he loses, he goes to five and six. Now, with so many people playing against each other that are in this, you know, so six of the seven teams in these, you know, last that are fighting for these last four spots, they go against someone else of those seven players. So like Anna and Dad going against each other, that automatically means that one of them is going to drop to five and six, and then. Two of us, between me, Scott, Dan, and Drew, will move up to five and six. So with two weeks left, you're looking at three, maybe four teams that are all five and six, uh, and two teams that are four and seven. Thanks for tuning in again this week, guys. Jack, anything, any final thoughts, comments, concerns? No, best of luck out there to everyone in, uh, in this very important week. And, you know, prep your teams, hit the waiver wire. Make some trades if you're interested, and uh, just keep having fun. We love fantasy football, and it's been so much fun being able to chat about it with each other once a week and you know have a handful of you listening in. So thanks again for tuning in. Email in to either of us, either JR or TJ, at letstalkpod.com, and uh, come back next time, and let's talk fantasy football. What am I saying? What, what am I... You know what? This is Anna's fault. I'm in my own head now. I'm in my own head now. This is absolutely Anna's fault. I, I, I'm second guessing everything. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't. I, I, I'm not qualified to be hosting a podcast. Bye. Have a beautiful time.